You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Vlad Krimer is a Ukrainian-Russian audio artist. He's a radio and audio engineer. He's produced experimental music for a number of years, but also worked with pop musicians. He's the creator of Soma Labs, the Lyra 4, the Lyra 8, and the Pipe Musical Instrument. Since 1998, he has hosted more than 40 releases on CD, vinyl, and cassette tape. Thank you for joining me, Vlad. Yeah, yeah. Hi. So, tell me, uh, uh, under what circumstances did you first encounter music in a manner, as a child, in a manner that made you think, I want to do something like this? And what kind of music was it? Uh, Did you mean my very first uh, experiments in music uh, ever or my uh, activity in uh, musical instruments creation? Uh, your first musical uh, activity ever. I, I want to go back to the origins. Uh, what interested you? I, for example, for my first record I ever purchased was the soundtrack to 2001. <laughs> As a 12-year-old boy. So that kind of set me on a certain direction of Georgi Leggetti. And uh, here I end up in the 21st century talking to Vlad Krimer. Where did you start? So uh, I am in love uh, with music uh, since my childhood. So uh, there is a lot of uh, funny stories how I got the music in uh, old Soviet Union time. For example, uh, one happy evening I found uh, a big box of old tapes uh, on a rubbish hill and uh, got it to my home. And um, it uh, it had no any uh, descriptions so i i didn't know what exactly is on the tapes so i just listened <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after decades i recognized that a lot of it there was for example a magic mystery tour of beatles or uh, several uh, perfect albums of secret service or um, uh, uh, grateful dead or something like that uh, so there is a lot of influences in me uh, how I started to listen and love music. So in my uh, teenage, uh, I was in love in, in such uh, success projects like King Crimson, like Doors, like Jimi Hendrix, like uh, all this art rock stuff, uh, as well as Ken, uh, a kind of uh industrial scene like Insturson uh, Nobout in uh, Coil, of course Depeche Mode and so on and some of uh, underground Russian artists as well so it was like my passion and step by step I started to try and create create music myself how, so, how and why did you try to make your own music I mean did you just pick up guitars or did you buy keyboards what 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 how did you approach that so I tried to create my home studio uh, and uh, I I did myself uh, four tracks tape recorder from the old Soviet Union tape machine 
and uh, there was really <laughs> very hard to manage it. <laughs> so I was neat because I only have um, I only had uh, four channels uh, in uh, ordinary uh, tape recorder. So I was need to uh, erase tape on one recorder and make recording on another machine. So <laughs> it was it was absolutely crazy, but it works. So I. Uh, had possibilities uh, to make uh, multi-layer recording. So it works in my studio, in my own. And I started to create uh, some crazy stuff like uh, handmade uh, uh, guitar stone boxes. Uh, I bought some uh, now famous Russian synthesizers like uh, Alisa. And uh, I had absolutely strange in word uh, Russian guitars like Ural maybe some someone know <laughs> this <laughs> stuff so and did you and take music lessons or or did you just pick it up and say I'm gonna play this I have not uh, any kind of uh, official music education so just oh, self-education yeah <laughs> and my my brother uh, who played guitar very well uh, showed me the first level of this mastering yourself how to how to play guitar <laughs> so simple chores and uh, a kind of harmonies so there is no uh, music school or, or whatever like it now uh one of the things that I think is most interesting is that you decided to build your own musical instruments and build your own studio. That that takes, uh, you know, uh, I guess a, a lot of courage and, and especially self-education. So where did you like pick up the kind of the the strange combination of electronics uh, instruction and performance art? <laughs> so, so, those are like kind of opposite ends of the pole. On one end, you're talking highly technical. On the other hand, you're talking wild creativity. So uh, there, there was my the very first passion in my life. So when I was about five years old, uh, my father uh, trying to re repair a kind of uh, iron for make this stuff is, uh, and uh, when he. Uh, he Open it, inside was a little uh, bulb and tiniest uh, spring, and I and fall in love how it's beautiful. So it <laughs> looks absolutely amazing in my uh, imagination of a very little child, just uh, a little plate from iron. And um, uh, since my five years old, I was in love in uh, radio electronics, uh, in electronic this stuff, and... Uh, so uh, music was the second my love, and uh, that is why I all my li life combined uh, all these arts, and uh, it's really uh, a rare combination when someone can uh, think in both ways, like uh, mathematical, uh, strict, uh, physical way for creation, a kind of working circuitry, and uh, opposite to be a wild creative person for do something emotional and. Uh, unusual way but uh, on my <laughs> happiness in me it's very well combined so. <laughs> uh, well i would agree and i think this is what what makes your work both as a musical instrument creator and as a music creator so interesting because you combine these two opposite poles of creativity because there's a you know there while electronics is a technical uh 
uh, pursuit that requires a lot of you know math and understanding also there's a lot of creativity in that too when I look at something like the Soma Lira 8 I'm just amazed at how beautiful a piece of technology it is and you talked about that that's interesting that you're you became fascinated by technology by the beauty of the physical instruments themselves and that's an interesting approach to creativity and and art yeah and it's very comfortable because i can create special instruments for my own purposes like a musician <laughs> so it's the best so i can understand it both sides so uh, i uh, f- faced many times in my life where very nice engineers can create something noticeable something value valuable in um uh, our domain because they uh, can just think in, in strict uh, mathematical way, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, but for me, it's absolutely obviously that uh, honestly, uh, any kind of uh, musical gear almost have no sense outside of human emotions, soul, inner world. So we can't measure uh, measure it exactly like I don't know, like power supply. So it has no so strict parameters to define does it good or no only our response can definitely show does it really something interesting you know so for me emotional world uh, even in this piece of engineering on the first place and uh, uh, razor uh, my uh, technical knowledge support my creativity than uh, vice versa. And I think that is why I can really create something interesting in this area. Talk about uh, both creating and finding a place in the performance art scene in Russia. This is, I mean, in America, if you wanted to do performance art, it's there are places to do it and there's venues to do it. I'm wondering, uh, talk about the scene in Russia. How is the, how did that work for you? Did you just have to make it up yourself, get out there with some made-up gear and, and, and on the plaza and then speaker? So, uh, of course, in Russia, in Ukraine, uh, in all post-Soviet Union uh, space, there is a lot of uh, venues, clubs, where uh, underground artists can make a kind of performance gigs and uh, festivals. Uh, maybe it's not so developed uh, like in US and Europe, but it's uh, present in the 90s and even at Soviet Union time, time uh, it was present on very interesting level. So I have uh, venues, we have venues here for uh, make such experiments and music, of course. Now, what kind of music did you want to start out? What was your first performance, your first experiments in like putting yourself in front of people with something that you created, a musical instrument that you created. And why did you choose to create your own musical instruments as opposed to just uh, use the, uh, uh, a polyvox or the Alita, you know, the, the synthesis and the guitars uh, that were, you know, already made? What was it that you had to say that required you to make something with which to say it? Uh my the very first recordings uh, was made in a kind of uh, psychedelic maybe uh, rap music <laughs> so it was absolutely crazy so i have heard uh, the very first records of local g and uh, i we have no internet this time it was a very very first years of 90s so it's, it was was absent 
Absolutely, and I uh, I didn't know about sampler, so I I I suppose that real life drummer can play this kind of beats, but it was definitely samples from uh, old 70s vinyls, and I started to think, think how can I get this sound, and then I uh, took big. Uh, skizzers and damage all my <laughs> drum drum uh, drum set <laughs> and <laughs> forget this <laughs> forget this really uh, hard and uh, harsh drum sound. <laughs> well, no, that is so great. You mean you took scissors to your drums to to turn your acoustic drums into something that sounds like the sampled drums? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and um, and a little bit later, I invented my own uh, sampling machine. So, only about three years ahead, a guy, one guy, told me that, "Oh, this is a sampler. It's already invented." And, uh, <laughs> well, and I, that's really an interesting approach because I think what you must have brought to that sampler would be something that you couldn't conceivably conceive of. If you had just bought one, I mean, to, to create your own instrument like that, that's an interesting approach. Yeah. Um, do you have some and, of those recordings still? Yeah, yeah. So I have this recording from uh, 1990, uh, 1991. So uh, you can, I can share a link to this recording. So it's absolutely strange. No <laughs> computer. So uh, there was this damaged drum set. Uh, old uh, bass guitar with special. We tried to get this slap sound, and it was impossible because of uh, flat wire winding on the uh, string. So we use special metal uh, stuff for make the beat on strings. And uh, uh, there is also um, uh, this my own sampler machine, uh, eight beats only, one voice, and it was based on this Alisa. Russian synthesizers. So I used uh, VCA uh, uh, envelopes, generators, and uh, filters from it, and uh, my own designed uh, digital core. So I can share the recording if you're interested in it. Oh, definitely. We'll we'll link to it and uh, insert it into the, to the interview. You know, one of the things that I, I I've always thought about uh, synthesizers that I I kind of like is that Synthesizers are, uh, and they have two levels of complication. First, anybody who approaches the synthesizer with a keyboard on it thinks, oh my God, I need to learn how to play the keyboard to make even notes out of this. So there's a level of musical intimidation that the synthesizer first prevent, presents to you. Then it presents a level of technical intimidation when you see all those knobs and you say, I have to twist those in order to get a sound out. But one of the things that, almost all other synthesis designers have done is to make them a teaching machine so that the sound starts on the right with the envelope with the oscillators and then they'll have fil uh, filters and then you'll have envelopes so you can kind of see the procession of sound that's not something you needed to do when you created synthesizers for yourself was it and so you had a different approach and I think this has come together in what you call the organismic uh, synthesizer. What do you mean by that? And when did you first decide to create organismic instruments? What, and, 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 uh, and, and tell us about the Stradivarius, where the Stradivarius uh, violin fits into all of this. 
So uh, it was really long story how I got this point. So firstly, it was a kind of uh, music musical frustration in my uh, about uh, seven years ago when uh, music industry uh, fell down and uh, all my record labels uh, stopped make something like a releases on physical career. So before I was a kind of normal artist with a lot of releases. And uh, in this time, uh, a kind of depression for me, I found in a music uh, market on uh, a side of uh, equipment. So for me, the last interesting machines happened in uh, 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 in the late 90s, it, it was like a Korg uh, Z, uh, Z1 machine, like maybe Chaos Pets, like uh, this amazing uh, machines like uh, Roland GP8080 and uh, so on. So, and after that, just uh, a kind of popularization of uh, musical gear, and uh, we've got to small tabletop devices and then we got to uh, monotron era it could be called like monotron era so uh, a kind of music toys so uh, even mm -hmm. if it's not not so small and uh, much more expensive but uh, i can't uh, consider it uh, like a real a real uh, good music instruments like you know like uh, the first synthesizer from 70s or even digital machines from 90s so i'm uh, start, started to be boring with uh, contemporary music market and it's led me try to find my own way so i was need uh, new synthesizers for creating my own music i never considered myself like a, a producer of musical gear so uh, the start was i tried to create it for us myself and then uh, i for my big surprise, found that a lot of people interested in such approach, and that uh, in those times I uh, started to make a kind of exploration of another approaches. So I went to India and uh, learned uh, North traditional classical music, uh, mastering myself playing sitar and uh, traditional Indian vocal, and uh, found a lot of very interesting things there. So. They uh, concentrate uh, their attention absolutely on another points, and it's amazing for me. So it's absolutely uh, like another point of view how to create music, uh, especially in psychological side. So uh, for them, uh, most important things are another. And uh, then, in the same time, I. Uh, lead it's a kind of uh, scientific researches and. Trying to, in my uh, private laboratory, uh, uh, made uh, a kind of experiments. Uh, what is consciousness? What is life? So it's very long story. I can talk about one hour <laughs> about it. And then it was like a combination between all this type of knowledge. So uh, for me, maybe the worst thing of contemporary music equipment is that it's too, too steady. Mm -hmm. So sounds too steady. I play uh, a note and it's exactly the same, the same, the same. And uh, it's like have one smell, one flower, you know. So uh, 
uh, it's one color in your painting. One color, yeah, yeah, yeah. So even different kind of contemporary synthesizers, uh, it's it's produce one emotional state, you know. So mm -hmm. sounds okay could, could be really different. Uh, it's kind of a lot, a lot of different possibilities, uh, and uh, maybe a thousand of knobs. Uh, I mean, of course, virtual knobs in contemporary synthesizer, but I can create just like only one dimension of my inner state with it. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to search like possibility to work in another dimensions, and uh, then I've got these approaches. So now, what do you mm -hmm. mean by other dimensions? Uh, emotional dimensions? You you, were lo you wanted to change the emotional um, aspect of the music by making the device less steady. Uh, I think the. The best description of what I'm trying to say is uh, well-known uh, Carlos Castaneda uh, conception of uh, assembling point, you know, I, mm -hmm. I hope. So for me, uh, all uh, contemporary, most of uh, all contemporary gear uh, got the people to one uh, assembling point position. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of another assembling point positions Okay. Existing in the same time, so I just trying to find uh, um, like a, a door uh, to to be to, to achieve another positions of assembling point. So it's not just like emotional state. It could be maybe too too simple uh, for uh, describe what I what I mean. Uh, but I mean that uh, our brain could work in very very different ways. But contemporary life uh, leads us that it's uh, more and more the same. I see. So well, the that um, we could essentially your music essentially tries to rewire our brains. That's it. Kind of. <laughs> that, and, that's uh, an interesting yeah. approach. That's great. And then it seems really uh, once you say it that way, it seems like a really both a good idea and a whole new realm for creativity. Yeah, so we can consider themselves like a modular synthesizer as well, <laughs> I think. I, I, so, I like that. So, it, yes, we're our own modular synthesizers. <laughs> so we, we can we can rewire ourselves in different way, but we I don't know why, but we use almost the same wiring, all of, the, all of us. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit boring. <laughs> so. Now... Uh, I want to talk about uh, creating uh, the the Lyra instruments. Those are really fascinating instruments. They're like nothing else that anybody has ever touched. They're beautiful. Also, they're built like a tank. I mean, this is a beautiful piece of electronic design. It's beautiful to look at on the outside. On the inside, it is also equally beautiful. Talk about... Uh, the importance of physical beauty in an electronic device. Uh, so I'm in love in uh, 60s and 70s gear uh, when it was built very solid and a lot of passion was inside. So just open any kind of synthesizer uh, from 70s, you found a lot of real human work. So a lot of wires carefully soldered and uh, buses and uh, a lot of, uh, so it's, you know, uh, I, I I really believe that it's 
can uh, create different sound, not only because of, I don't know. Uh, so wh why this machine sounds so great? Because there was uh, human arms inside. So mm -hmm. they, they don't try to save uh, them time so much like now when all everything assembled by robots you know so it doesn't mean uh, is it a mobile phone or it's expensive sound cards it's assembled by robots with the same technologies with the same parts and that is why it sounds almost the same for me and uh, i'm trying to go uh, bring back this amazing quality which i very love from 70s so all my uh, departments uh, make final assembly only by arms so this really people uh, sit and solder this pcb so i uh, don't use uh, smd parts and uh, that is why it have very good sound that uh, and love inside so i'm trying to mm, make different balance in uh, calculation of price so i try to sell my instruments directly so i don't try to don't share a lot of time uh, of money with resellers and build this money take this money to uh, quality of build and uh, that is why i have possibility to uh, create really good construction so uh, for me it's very uh, simple thing i would like to share with people only what i love uh, my uh, personally so what what i would like to buy for myself mm -hmm. very easy you know uh the kind of music you make is and your uh, your video presentations are really awesome <laughs> thank you and, and so i'd like you to talk about uh you've not only created uh unique musical uh landscapes like nothing else on this earth um you've matched them visually talk about uh, getting your hands on the visual synthesis um tools to create some of those uh scenes you've created because the the videos are are really interesting uh, thank you uh, the, all those videos was created by myself and uh I'm not a good person. I don't I have no very nice knowledge there, but I have possibilities to create something that uh, have my own points of view to this. So uh, yes, I first of all I try to show people not uh, what knobs to do. So uh, I think it's also a little bit boring, but I trying to show my customers what you can make with this so how you can play with it so mm -hmm. what new type of music what new possibilities can you have so i think uh, all uh, detailed explanations about functions of knobs and switches they can find in the manual so uh, it's much more easier and uh, that is why i try to create like a demonstration not uh, a, a piece of art so mm -hmm. people people can imagine what kind of new music I can create with it. Well, it strikes me too that the the uh, devices you produce, the, the Lyra 8, the Lyra 4, and the, the forthcoming uh, pipe, these are all really beautiful pieces of technology. And the just to look at, it, it's inspiring because um, unlike any other synthesizer, I have no clue. <laughs> Yeah, I as to necessarily what's happening when I start turning the knobs on the Lyra Eight. I but I love 
that kind of exploration. I think that um, one of the things that you do very well with your instruments is to preserve the um, amateur approach to art, which I think is so important. Uh, artists is become so professional, and as it becomes professional, it becomes slick, and you get that kind of the synthesizers that always sound alike, the music that's always produced in lockstep perfect beat production, um, as opposed to something that's just glorious and messy. So uh, talk about uh, just the some of the um, the way that this synthesizer works, which is to say that is it it's somewhat inconsistent. I mean, in that you turn the knobs the same way twice, it might not do the same thing twice. And I think that's one of the appeals of this kind of work. So uh, I am trying to create my uh, synthesizers, uh, not only like a music instrument, but a kind of experience. So I try to, yeah. So I Exactly, try to exactly. Yeah, so, it's fun. <laughs> So I, I'm trying to share uh, like a new approach uh, of interaction. So I think in our uh, nowadays world, we are too too it's too over constructed. It's too over controlled. So uh, it has no like a live breeze because of uh, everything is clear and uh, everything we do in a way of control and. Uh, my instrument's a little bit unpredictable, a little bit uh, dangerous. I mean that you you need to be aware. So I think it's very nice when even if you are exactly. on station, you need to be aware. So you need to establish a kind like interaction. It's like in human when you try to establish friendship or love, you need to listen to your partner, not only dictate your own rules, you know. So, exactly. You need to turn not only turn the knobs, you need to listen to what happens and th what those knobs uh, do when you turn. <laughs> yeah, so every moment it's it can bring you a surprise. <laughs> that is why you need to be aware. And I think it's very nice because uh, for me, for myself as a musician, I create the most interesting piece of art when I a little bit don't know what's what's going on. Exactly. Is... That That's so important. I think that, that, um, that we know not that art needs to be by definition, an exploration. You need to be doing something you're not prepared to to do and, and be willing to take that chance. There's always got to be an element of chance. And I think this uh, these instruments point out, too, the importance of failure. Success does not happen without failure. And so I, I think that when you present somebody with an instrument and they say, oh, good, I can make some pretty noises with that, pretty sounds with that. And then we start playing the, the Lyra. It's really fun, but it's not pretty. <laughs> no, neither is life, though, I guess. Yeah, so you so need to catch the moment. And, uh, uh, but in the same way, it could be used both ways, like mm -hmm. uh, absolutely amateur. So even child, uh, I, I had very nice experience where, where a little child play Lyra, and it was absolutely amazing. I several times uh, uh, came, oh, wow, how, how did you create this sound? Even my, I, engineer, 
Don't hear it before. And uh, the same way, uh, Larry can be used by a professional composer who can work with uh, polytonic and uh, all this stuff with uh, out-of-scale tuning and so on, very complex things. The same like with pipes. So you can be uh, even don't, not singular at all because you can create a lot of interesting stuff with pipe without uh, singing of exact notes. And uh, at the same time, you can be a high, highest level professional uh, singer and it will be also amazing. So first of, of all, uh, you and your, uh, what you would like to share. So I try to um, create a dimension of possibilities. Um, so instruments should not be an obstacle. It should help you be your own, yourself, and share your state. So for me, for example, contemporary machines, when I need to go uh, from screen to screen <laughs> 10 times for getting exact, so I lose my musical ideas, I lose my state when I try to manage all these windows. <laughs> so, you know, after this setup, I forgot what I would like to play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. By the time you figure out what you want to do, how to do what you want to do, you've forgotten what it is exactly you want to do. Now, um, one of the things I, I have to ask about, one of the stories about the, the Lyra 8, which is that um, it, parts of it come from a reconstituted uh, 1970s Soviet whale communication technology. <laughs> Of course, it was a joke. So. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I love that idea. That was such a great story. But, but, but it it it, it but, points out the importance of story in your in your stuff too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, but a kind of subtle joke. So uh, it could be, but uh, it was like absolutely. I uh, I don't I don't remember where exactly, but I faced this very funny uh, sentence like subconsciousness of whales. So just. <laughs> So it, it means that whales, like humans, have consciousness and subconsciousness. And let's try to realize what it could be, subconsciousness of whales. So it's absolutely, for me, funny, funny expression. And um, I, I built on this funny expression, this crazy story. So, But, uh, of course, it could be a series. So there is a lot of crazy uh, investigations in the 60s and... And I even took part of such hidden and uh, like uh, underground uh, post-Soviet Union uh, science. And it was uh, one of the source when uh, these ideas for the Iran pipe uh, comes comes out. So it's really present. Uh, kind of scientists really, really try to get a kind of uh, hidden established uh, communication with someone uh, subconsciousness by some devices. So it's really present. But at this on, on a, a way of uh, attention, trying to create such type of devices. Uh, now, you have the pipe coming out, and uh, the Lyra, one of the things about the Lyra that's so interesting is that there's only one way to play it, which is by touching, essentially, for the easy way to play it, which is by uh, using the, the touch plates, which is such an interesting interface, because I find myself, sometimes I'll be trying to play it, and it won't work and i'll say is this damn thing broken i can't tell but then i'll just like lick my fingers and go it's not that it's just this and i and i'll like bring it back to life it's uh, uh for me uh the lyra is it's so much fun to play 
nobody has any expertise on, on contact plane. <laughs> you cannot go to a school and learn the 88 key scale of contact plane. There is no contact uh, scale. Although one of the things you can do with your machine is to create these scales. I, I think that the contact plane, and it's the same with the pipe where you're just singing into the, the kind of uh, effects, um, those are things that are fun and easy to play. And, and it's interesting, too, that I think a lot of the work I've heard on the Lyra is solo work, like solo violin. And I think you actually have, which speaks to the fact that you have created an instrument that will let people play music. Uh, so uh, Lyra actually could works very nice in the second and third layer of uh, any music composition so it could be like a solo instrument as well as pipe and it works perfectly on the background for example uh, oh i love it in the background just one or two notes in a three or four minute piece those are the notes that people remember they're just fraught with emotion yeah, so for example, Glenn Kettler, a uh, well-known musician, techno musician from Europe, uh, just several, about a week ago, maybe released uh, his new album where uh, Lyra existed in a lot of tracks in the background of uh, solid, normal solid techno tracks and works perfectly, like a mm -hmm. kind of breezy atmosphere, like something out of tune with uh, bass or uh tune with bass doesn't matter and as well you can play whole performance by lyra it really works so it's uh i trying to create not only a noise machine uh, so not only to make some funny noises but uh, you can use it in professional music and a lot of uh high professional musicians bought lyra uh, and i hope they use it in some works which we will hear in the nearest future. Well, now so, I know that uh, Nine Inch Nails has has one. Yeah, for example, Deepish Mode and some of uh, Hollywood and UK uh, sound producers for top uh, movies. Oh, I can see that, that the Lyra could easily be over every science fiction movie for the next uh, 15 years. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, why, I mean, why not? Why, it's perfect for that, that kind of uh, purpose. Now, the voice, uh, the pipe is a really different kind of instrument. Uh, when will we be seeing those shipping? And could you talk about uh, creating something that allows us to be human beatboxes and simultaneously uh, Himalayan yodelers? So uh, for me, the most important thing in instruments uh, is deep connection with your body. For example, why sensors? So. When you play Lyra, your body uh, became a part of circuit. So it's not only just triggering of something like a CV. So the signals really fl uh, flow through your body. So oh, wow, Lyra, I never thought about yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it is. When I when I touch those things, I am part of the instrument. Yeah, and uh, for example, this capacitor of uh, release uh, generator, it's really charged charged through your body and your emotional state, your humidity of your skin, how do you touch it, really affect the sound. So you can try it, and especially when you apply all these FM uh, modulations and it's become very sensitive to every tiniest change. You can just put your hand on sensors and almost do nothing, but 
sounds will change because something li a little bit change in your skin uh, surface or something like that so uh, the pipe the same approach so I would like to reestablish this uh, connection it was in my opinion a little bit broken because too many uh, like uh, sequencers LFOs uh, and machines which play instead of musician so in contemporary machines uh, musicians uh, much uh, often just choose like a algorithm what would be play on this synthesis score but they don't play on synthesis score directly mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. in all you know so in all my synthesizers it's just an open synthesis score like sound core and uh, you can touch it directly in on every point without any quantization so there is no obstacles to play uh, in direct way in the same pipe so pipe preserve uh, a lot a lot of nuances and parameters of your real vocal performance so it's not just capture volume like a trigger so it's uh, or capture just capture uh, your tune tune of your note so it captured a lot of tiny things which even hard to describe and uh, all of them or most of them, I try to preserve an output signal. Doesn't matter. It was it be just processed uh, by a kind of a fixes, or it was uh, go through resynthesis, but uh, it should be in the output signal. That is why a pipe has a lot of nuances. So you can play only with your mouse. You don't need to touch any knobs or switches and play. Really uh, uh, flexible composition. You developed so, your own microphone for that, for the pipe, didn't you? Yeah, the special microphone uh, that was the start point when uh, this microphone was created. And I discovered how it's amazing in my own work. So I uh, spent a lot of time with this microphone, even without pipe. And this procession just mic and uh, simple delay, for example. And because it's uh, very sensitive to position, how do you uh, play it with your mouse? It's not just like conventional mic, which trying to capture the sound as close as possible to uh, what we hear by our ears. But this mic uh, works opposite way. So it's very... <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's very dependent on how you... Uh, what is your position, uh, position of your mouse uh, relative uh, this microphone and uh, even small, tiniest change of angle or something like you do with your tongue or I don't know or breeze uh, it's uh, immediately change the sound that is why you can create much more uh, different sounds which with conventional mics that's the point when when I started to sing the oh if it's work so interesting it's very good if I add some special uh, processing uh, especially for this type of mic well, and this is something I think that both of your instruments do. They uh, cross the line between being uh, sound processors, just things that you can put sound into and get sound out of, and being instruments that produce their own sound themselves. Because the Lyra, you can just it has an external input, and the effects you have are so bizarre and strange that you can you do affect immediate. Uh, transformation of the sound moreover there is interaction between the synthesizer aspects of it and the sound itself so you get this kind of uh, I think every 
part of your instrument contributes to the idea of an uncontrolled an un, essentially uncontrollable interaction between the player and the instrument itself. Oh, a, a kind of uncontrollable. Un, un, uncontrollable. Almost controllable. So, Unpredictably uh, so, uncontrollable. So about 70 persons you can control, about 30 no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I like of, that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and uh, by the way, pipe as well can works like a fixed processor. So this mic uh, attached to the body of the pipe uh, by common uh, 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 by common uh, jack. So you can just put it off and uh, put to the pipe uh, any kind of uh, external audio signal, drum machine, in other scenes, guitar, whatever. Now, uh, you started your career as a musical instrument creator uh creating a, a drum machine <laughs> essentially by by puncturing drums with scissors uh will you be do we have a uh soma instruments drum machine that features uh scissors <laughs> and punctured drum heads coming forth soon yeah, yeah this is uh, my next big project i hope so i have start started to work with it already and uh, the core idea is to create a kind of uh, machine with similar approaches and behavior like Lara, but in the uh, domain of rhythms. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, I think it would be, a, I can call it like organismic drum machine. And uh, what is the uh, most important point? So uh, firstly, no samples at all. So uh, pure synthesis. It's meant that you can uh, instantly and uh, continuously change every kind of sound to every kind of sound. And uh, the second, maybe the most strong point of this uh, forthcoming drum machine, it's uh, absence of step sequencer or every type of uh, uh, such type of programming of the rhythms. So instead of it, you will have rhythm synthesis. So it will be no, almost no buttons but knobs so it will be like slow slow uh, synthesizer and uh, you will create rhythms by uh, turning knobs so why it's so interesting for me for example uh, one of the biggest problem problems for me with step sequencer is that it's too robotic sound okay it's excellent for example for creation of uh, techno music or something like that but for example if i just would like to move only one beat, a little bit right, and uh, use it like a musical uh, technique, like a sound extraction. So I cannot do it. So I just can uh, make this step a little bit higher, a little bit lower, I don't know, change some parameters, but it's always 16 or uh, whatever, 128 steps, but I never can uh, flow from one pattern to another pattern uh, smoothly and uh, this drum machine will have possibilities flow uh, inside of rhythms so uh, you can create flexible rhythms you can create flexible drums like a kind of fluid drums so I think it would be very interesting and uh, this step sequencer will control 
not only uh, triggering of bits, but it uh, also simultaneously will control different parameters of drum synthesis. So uh, I think it will be really interesting kind of organic structure, but in uh, drum drum domain. So this is the main ideas of this drum machine. You know, and that's one of the things that interests me in music these days is that I, through one of the great uh, advances of the 70s and 80s and 90s was the integration of beat, where you could have different drum machines with different beats and get them all integrated and all playing at the same time and all connected in lockstep. And that was a, a big deal and a good thing. But it's also a huge lim creative limit. And one of the things I think that... Uh, your your work uh, suggests is that I like this idea of having like where you have three or four sequencers and they're not synchronized where there's a kind of a drift between the beats and that's I think what you're getting at you are going to create a drum machine that has different rhythms going but that aren't necessarily connected in lockstep and flow from one to another and I think that that's an interesting you know uh, way to to combat the over-roboticized uh, vision of music that we experience right now. But my drum machine will have possibility uh, to be synchronized to other sequencer, but mm -hmm. it will be like a, a, your choice. So uh, this sequencer will have, uh, or more precisely, uh, rhythms synthesizer will have like several uh, models with different functions and all of it could be synchronized or not to another sequencer. So you will have a choice. Uh, you can uh, create absolutely steady, uh, absolutely controllable, controllable loops, uh, for example, for minimal techno, or you can uh, go to free flow uh, a part of this uh, synthesizer or even whole synthesizer could work in, on own uh, pulsations. So I think it's uh best way when uh, a musician will have a choice mm -hmm. and uh, both waves will be possible uh, to be sync in, in sync with another gear or to be out of sync and create what amount of synchronization you would like to have. Now you are first and foremost a musician and an artist and a creator. You've created, what I find interesting is that you've created works of art which is to say the lyra and the uh, pipe with which other people are able to create art and i think that's an interest that you are in a sense a, a, a meta artist and I, I think that that's an interesting place for you to be in a kind of new i can't i mean i suppose maybe some i'm think of the guys who used to create the pigments and paints for the uh, renaissance and the earliest impressionists i mean those guys were were artists of creating paints and i think you are in that same kind of uh, analogy analogous uh role in terms of you create the colors with which the the artists create the colors but you're also paint with them yourself where do you see your own paintings going yeah, uh, and uh, for me it was really surprised that it could be like an art. So not only create music itself, but create like a, a kind of like uh, landscape, like uh, a game uh, for musicians and uh, invite them inside. And uh, 
if uh, for example colors there is not so much colors and it's hard to say something new in way of creation new paints for an artist but in music instruments it's absolutely another situation so i think uh, contemporary music instruments could be art itself and uh, it's very interesting interesting because it's like a collaboration of me engineer and an artist so we uh, work together and uh, it's kind of like uh, I create a landscape with some rules some hidden objects inside some new possibilities and then musicians go inside and uh, explore it work with it and uh, I don't know what they find uh, finally and how they will use so it's I think it's really interesting and I not feel myself that I like a second role in this game so uh, of course and not uh, consider myself like in the first but uh, for me, it's like really interesting interaction. If you create musical instruments, not only like uh, technical possibilities with exact uh, parameters, but create uh, musical instruments uh, like a piece of art itself, uh, it's meant of collaboration. So you invite uh, a musician, a listener to your fair tales. But it's meant that uh, who knows what will be in the end. So it's just like the K persons are presents, like I don't know, uh, like Cinderella and uh, Dragon or something like Beast. But who knows? Maybe uh, Cinderella eat beasts in the end. So <laughs> I don't define. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't define it exactly. So I think it's really interesting collaboration, and it's now. Uh, when will you be shipping the pipe? Everybody wants to know. I want to know. <laughs> when are the first units ship? I hope uh, the end of uh, March. So I was promised the begin beginning of the March, but it's a little bit delayed because really hard to predict uh, the start of a mass production. A lot of things, what to do, unexpected maybe problems uh, need to make additional trial PCBs or something like that so uh, a little bit delayed but I hope end of March so it's already all buttons was pressed already pressed and all case steps of the pipe production so the first pieces will should be ready within a month I, I hope I, I, both myself and many other people are looking forward to that I've been speaking with Vlad Crimer. He's the founder of Soma Musical Instruments, the creator of the Lyra and the forthcoming Pipe and a new drum machine down the line. Thank you for joining me, Vlad. This has been fascinating. Just fascinating. Yeah, thank you for this uh, excellent interview and uh, very nice question. So it's very important. Uh, questions is very uh, important to, to, to make a good speech, good interview. So thank you very much. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.